I want you to take your Bibles or your apps, whatever you read on, and today we're gonna be in two separate passages as we conclude this series on the Beatitudes. Uh, we're gonna be in Matthew chapter five and 1 Peter chapter three. So Matthew five, 1 Peter 3. Now, I recognize those two books may be difficult to find. There's a, uh, 66 books in this library that we call a Bible. So let me give you some clues on how to find these two books. Uh, first off, if you're in a physical Bible, just open up to the beginning to the table of contents. That is the easiest way to go about doing this. Uh, you'll find in there that there's two main sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, both of these books are in the New Testament. Uh, so find that big section. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. And then 1 Peter is actually towards the end. It's uh, five or six books from the end of the New Testament. So find Matthew, it'll be the beginning, the first book of the New Testament, and then scroll down that list towards the end and you'll find 1 Peter, Matthew 5, 1 Peter 3. Now, if you're in an app, pull down the list of the books of the Bible. Matthew's about two thirds of the way. And again, 1 Peter is towards the end of that list of books. Have you ever, been persecuted or persecuted someone else? Uh, as Americans, I don't know that there's a whole lot of instances where we could truly say that we've been persecuted. We have so many freedoms and, uh, and so many things. We may be mistreated. Uh, we may go through situations that are not pleasant or comfortable, uh, but persecution is a kind of a big word. It, it has some heaviness, some, some deep meaning to it. I think we're more likely uh, than been persecuted, we're more likely to have persecuted someone else. Maybe we didn't like how something happened and we unleashed on someone, we, we had a fit of rage with someone. Uh, maybe we mistreated someone because we didn't like some aspect of them, That's, that could be considered persecution. Uh, but there, there are different aspects to this. Uh, an example, when uh, I was in seminary, a time in my life where I should have been very godly, I really hurt people in my life. Um, I remember this one time we uh, had just gotten cable uh, at our house and, and uh, we had gone several months and all of a sudden our uh, bill was showing up not paid. We had paid it and they had cashed the check, but, but the bill was saying that it was late, that it was due, that it wasn't paid. Uh, and I went back and forth uh, over a couple of months and finally in the third or fourth month of dealing with this, I called the cable company up and I chewed out that lady on the other end of the line. Now, did she deserve my rage? Of course not. She was an operator at a company. She wasn't the cause of what was going on, but she did get to uh, the root of the problem. And it turns out uh, after I had treated her so unfairly and so badly, she discovered that the reason that uh, our payment wasn't going into our account was that a few months prior, they had sent us a notice saying that they were changing the way they structured their account numbers and that they had given us a new account number. Well, guess what I had done with that notice? I saw it, I pulled it out of the mail and threw it in the trash, and I never changed the account number that our payment was to be going toward. The reason that the payment wasn't going to our account was completely my fault. And yet I had treated this lady on the other line terribly bad, I'd accused her. Uh, I had been mean and vindictive and angry and yet I was the one who was at fault for the trouble that was happening. I persecuted someone unfairly. 
I think we're more prone to do that. But there is an aspect to persecution that as followers of Jesus, we, we must hear and we must understand and accept. And that's how today's Uh, or this series on the Beatitudes end. So I want you to take your Bibles now. We're going to open this up. Matthew chapter 5. We've been reading this. Uh, Let me give you a little background as you're turning to Matthew 5. This uh, set of statements we we call the Beatitudes. This is the introduction to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Now, the Sermon on the Mount is this big sermon that Jesus gives, this big block of teaching. Uh, It covers Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And the introduction is what we've been covering, the Beatitudes. And in order to understand the better, the bigger part of the Sermon on the Mount, we must also understand the introduction, the Beatitudes. So let's read that now. Matthew 5, starting in verse 3, it says this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And here's where we are today, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so also they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So today we're talking about being persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, now what does that mean? What does it mean to be persecuted for righteousness' sake? Well, the Bible teaches very clearly that as followers of Jesus, Jesus himself promised that if you are his follower, there will be people that will hate you simply because you are a follower of Jesus. And people will persecute you because you do the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing will require great sacrifice. There will be suffering as the follower. But let's be honest for just a moment. There is suffering in this life, no matter whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. The difference is, is persecution is suffering because you're a follower of Jesus or because you do the right thing. You live in righteousness, as this passage tells us today. Uh, But one of Jesus' followers, a man named Peter, unpacks this idea extensively in one of his writings. So now turn to, to 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, 1 Peter is uh, written by, uh, of course, Peter. And and Peter was one of Jesus' leading followers. He was the guy that Jesus established his church. He was the leader of the early church. And 1 Peter, I would really encourage you with today's culture, read 1 Peter in depth uh, and uh, understand what it has to say. Because 1 Peter, uh, Peter unpacks this idea that as followers of Jesus, we don't belong to this world. He uses the word exiles. We are exiles. We're, we're, we're not in the country of our uh, citizenship. We're, we're temporarily here in this world, but our true citizenship is in the kingdom of God, is in eternity with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. And look at what he says in 1 Peter 3 verse 13. That's where we're going to start. 
First Peter 3, starting in verse 3, 13, it says this, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Wait, did you catch that? Look at verse 14 again. But even if you suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. That's a, a, a basically a paraphrase almost to the dot of what Jesus says in the Beatitudes. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. Peter repeats that here. So look with me again, verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Verse 15, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect. I could do an entire sermon series off of those three verses. There's so much that Peter teaches here. And let's unpack this for just a moment. In, in verse 13, look at what he says. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? He's basically saying, who, can, who should we fear? Who should we be, be afraid of if we are doing good in the name of Jesus? If we believe in him, there's no one greater than Jesus. If we believe and we follow Jesus, we've got nothing to fear. Uh, we don't have anything to worry about. Then look at verse 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. So have no fear of them nor be troubled. You see, we may experience pain for Jesus, for living for Jesus. And let's be honest, suffering's no fun, but it is a part of our faith. It is a part of life in general. Uh, listen to what John 15 verses 18 through 19 say. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So think about this. John is saying that the world's going to hate you because of Jesus. They hated Jesus, so they're going to hate the followers of Jesus. But we're blessed when we follow him truly. We're spiritually blessed. And we'll be blessed for it. That's what 1 Peter 3.14 says. And what Matthew 5 uh, verse 10 says that we just read from the Beatitudes. You see, we have Jesus and that's our focus. And we don't have to worry about the things of this world. But let's unpack this for just a second. I've, I've said several times that we're gonna suffer everyone's going to suffer. Life is not fun. It's, it's many times not easy. We will suffer whether we're a follower of Jesus or not. The, the difference here is that sometimes we're going to suffer because we're followers of Jesus. But let's take a second and let's just look at suffering in general. Why do we suffer? Why is there pain in this world? Why is there evil in this world? Oh, there's I'm going to give you four reasons that they're suffering, four reasons why, uh, why they're suffering. Some of these reasons are just suffering in general, and some of them are specific to the followers of Jesus. So first, the reason why we suffer, sometimes we suffer simply because of the sin in this world. Sin is a plague 
that affects everything. When you sin, when I sin, when, when the billions of people that are on the planet, uh, this planet, when they sin, when any of us sin, it affects us, but it also ripples out and it affects all those around us. Whether there is a direct connection between our sin and the suffering that we or someone else goes through and suffers through, or whether that sin just in a spiritual sense goes out and is corruptive and destructive to us and the world around us, it doesn't matter. Sin in general is simply destructive. It is corrupting. It is decaying. And so sometimes we suffer simply because sin has infiltrated every aspect of our existence, whether it's our sin or the sin of someone else. Sin just ripples out and it affects everyone and everything. So sometimes we suffer simply because there is sin in the world. And that applies to everyone, whether they're a follower of Jesus or not. Well, the second reason why we suffer, sometimes we suffer in order for God to put us through something to purify us and, and make us more mature in our faith. Uh, and the third one is related to that. So both of these are connected to the follower of Jesus. The third reason, recognize the second one was to purify us or make us more mature. Sometimes the third reason that we suffer is to test our faith. Uh, listen to James, book of James chapter one, uh, verses two through four, it says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So James is telling us to rejoice when we suffer. Uh, count it all joy when we suffer. Uh, he continues, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It, 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 in, it creates endurance in us. And let that steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You see, sometimes suffering is not because of sin. And it's not just to uh, you know, purify us and make us better. Sometimes it's literally a test to make us a better follower of Jesus. It's to strengthen our faith. Uh, let, me, let me give you an illustration that may help us unpack this, this concept of these two uh, uh, reasons why we suffer. Uh, think back to when you were at school or maybe you're in school now or, or about to start classes in the fall. Think about school. L let me say, uh, let's say hypothetically that you start school in August or September and you've got a class that you absolutely have no interest of, in taking, but you have to take it. Uh, and so uh, you don't want to be there. You don't want to take the class. You're not interested in the subject, but you have to go anyways. And so you show up on your first day of class. You sit down at your desk and the professor walks in and he stands at the front of the room and he says this. He says, this class will not be graded at all. You don't have to attend this class at all to pass. You don't have to do any homework in this class in order to pass. And you don't have to take a single test. Everyone in this class is going to pass. They're gonna receive an A, whether you attend, do the homework, or take any of the tests. There will be attendance, there will be uh, homework, there will be tests, but you don't have to do any of that to pass the class. Now, let me ask you a question. 
Mind you, this is a class you don't want to take. You have no interest in. You're, you're begrudgingly taking it. You're, you're being forced to do so. If that was the scenario, if you were guaranteed to get an A in that class, but you didn't have to show up or do any of the work, would you take the time to learn anything about that class and its subject? Some of you may be saying, well, yeah, I would. I think you're probably a liar. <laughs> I'll be honest. If, if, you didn't, if you had to take a class that you didn't want to take and you walked in, the professor said, you don't have to stay. You don't have to do homework or take a test. I'm going to give you all A's. You would not do any of the work. You would not learn that subject. And I'll take this analogy a step further. We are, by nature, lazy creatures. Our sin has made us that way. We are innately lazy. We cut corners. We do things the, the, the fast way so that we can just get it done. And so the same is true with our faith. I'm going to be honest with you. Many of us push ourselves. We, we work towards our faith. We read our Bibles. We pray. But we probably don't do it hard enough. And sometimes we need a test. You see, in that class uh, analogy that I gave you, that scenario, that hypothetical that I gave you, if you didn't have to do any of that, you wouldn't learn the topics. You wouldn't take the test. You wouldn't do the homework. You wouldn't probably even attend the class. You wouldn't do any of it. So sometimes with our faith, we need tests in order to push us. Suffering is the way that God pushes us. It's the testing that God puts us through so that we will learn what we ourselves wouldn't learn on our own. Without us, without those tests, without that suffering, most of us would never mature and never become effective for Jesus. So why do we suffer? First and most general is we suffer simply because sin has infiltrated and infected everything around us. Sin destroys and decays everything. And so sometimes we suffer simply because sin is in the world. Secondly, sometimes we suffer to purify us and make us more mature. And related to that, sometimes we suffer in order to test our faith and grow our faith. And lastly, sometimes we suffer so that we can show others the hope of Jesus. And that's what 1 Peter 3 is talking about. That's what he's saying. And let me just take a moment here. Maybe you're suffering. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're going through something really difficult right now. And maybe this idea of having hope in the midst of your suffering is something that appeals to you. Maybe it's sparking an interest in your mind and your heart. And let me say this, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he came, he lived a sinless life, he died on a cross to forgive you and bring you hope. And three days after he died on that cross, he rose from the grave. He loves you that much. And he wants you to be saved from your sins. You see, your sins, uh, ultimately uh, uh, will send you to a place of eternal punishment. But if you believe in Jesus and commit your life to him, instead of that eternal punishment, you can have eternal life with Jesus. And if you want to know more about that, if you want to know what it means to believe and commit your life to him, if you've got questions 
Maybe you've got some doubts about some of the things that we uh, have been talking about or that you've heard about believing in Jesus. If you've got questions, if you wanna know more, if you're ready to take your next step in your journey with Jesus, I want you to do something. I want you to reach out to us. Uh, the way you can do that, one of the easiest ways, in the post of this video, uh, there's a link. It says, contact us. Uh, go to that link. Uh, it's gonna take you to the contact us page of our website. Go there, go to our website, contact us page. Go there, fill out that little form. And when I get your information, I'm gonna reach out to you. And I wanna answer all those questions for you. And I, I want to uh, unpack who Jesus is. And I wanna, I wanna help you in your journey with him. So please reach out to us. And we would love to have those conversations. But take 1 Peter 3 again. Let's look at that last verse that we read, verse 15. 1 Peter 3, verse 15, it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. You see, this passage, this single verse is telling us we don't have to fear Instead, we honor Jesus, we believe in him, we follow him faithfully, and we are always prepared to defend uh, the hope that we have in Jesus. Anytime somebody comes and says, why do you have this hope? Why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you do this or that as a follower of Jesus? We should be ready always to defend why we have that hope inside of us. And Peter takes this idea so far as to say that our suffering the, the persecution, the things we go through as followers of Jesus can be used to point people to Jesus. You know, in verse 15, there are times when we will go through suffering and someone will watch how we go through that well because we have Jesus and they're gonna come and they're gonna ask, why do you have this hope? You're, you, you're going through this suffering, through this persecution, things aren't good. How can you have hope? And in that moment, we have an opportunity to share the life-changing hope of Jesus. We have an opportunity to tell them about how Jesus has changed our lives. And so we have an opportunity here, but let me be clear, there, there's one other aspect uh, to 1 Peter 3.15 that we cannot ignore. And it's connected to uh, Matthew 5.10-12 through 12, that we read a few moments ago. And it's my big idea. If you've ever listened to one of my messages, I don't like to give three points and maybe you'll remember one or two, but I wanna give you one. And I want you to take this one point, this one idea, and I want you to think on it all week. I want you to, to meditate, to think on it. Think what the scriptures have to say about this. So here's today's big idea. It's simply this. The world will hate you because of Jesus, but better not hate Jesus because of you. The world's gonna hate you because of Jesus. It's a fact, but they better not hate Jesus because of you, because of the, the ungodly ways that you behave. Look, at, look with me again at 1 Peter 3.15. Look at what it says. There's a, there's a model here. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Catch this part, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Do it with gentleness and respect. We're not called to be jerks for Jesus. We're called to treat others 
even when they're persecuting us, we're called to treat others with gentleness and respect. Well, what does that mean? It simply means that we don't treat them aggressively or in an argumentative way, but instead we're gentle with the person that we're talking to and we're reverent, we're respectful for them as people made in God's image. You see, we have a calling in Christ. When we suffer, when we're persecuted, we have the calling to follow him and to do what he calls us to do. And we're called to be a witness, to, to share Jesus with others. And the way we do that, according to 1 Peter three fifteen, is we share him with gentleness and respect, even in the midst of suffering and or persecution. But there's one more aspect to the primary passage that we were looking at that I wanna look at. Go back to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 10. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's the part I wanna focus on, that very ending. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want you to look back at verse three now. The very beginning of the Beatitudes, the very first one that Jesus says, the, the very first thing that we covered in this sermon series. Look at what it says in verse three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you see the similarity? It's the exact same promise. It's the exact same ending. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Jesus is bookending the Beatitudes here. He is taking uh, the beginning and the ending and he's using the same promise. There is a similarity, but he's also building a connection between being poor in spirit, which is what Matthew 3 says, and being persecuted for righteousness sake, which is what verse 10 says. You see, the only way that we can endure being persecuted for righteousness sake is by having a poor spirit. And if you go back to what we taught about Matthew 3, about what being poor in spirit means, being poor in spirit primarily means that we are spiritually humble. Persecution is only possible, enduring persecution is only possible when we live in humility. You wanna get through persecution? You must recognize your desperate dependence on Jesus. It's the only way to do it. It's the only way you can make it. And let me be clear, persecution will come. And if it's not coming, if you're never being pushed or persecuted because of your faith, maybe you need to evaluate whether or not you're living for Jesus or not. But persecution will come. The question is, will you use it to show people the life-changing hope of Jesus? The world's gonna hate you because of Jesus, but they better not hate Jesus because of you. Will the way you live your life in humility through persecution and suffering, through the testimony, the hope that you have in Jesus, will that point people to Jesus by the way you treat them and talk to them with gentleness and respect? Join me in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. Lord, we thank you for these beatitudes, for these statements that tell us how we're to be blessed and that introduces us to the Sermon on the Mount, the teaching that Jesus gives us. And Lord, our prayer today is that you would help us as we go through persecution, as we go through suffering, that we would do so with endurance through humility that we would desperately depend on Jesus and that in everything we do, 
that people would see the light and the hope of Jesus in us. They may hate us, but Lord, let us never uh, allow ourselves and our actions to cause them to hate you. So Lord, use us in a powerful way to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. And we lift all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.